Now, I think a lot of people know that, I hope they know that, sort of sleep restriction can negatively impact health. I'm gonna guess that people know that, but I'm gonna to touch on it very quickly as well, just to be sure. It increases your risk of a lot of things. It's very important, is sleep. So just a few quick facts as such. It can increase your risk of being obese by 55%. It affects your insulin, your glucose control. So just one night of like real sort of like sleep deprivation can basically affect how you process insulin and glucose in, in a manner that you would almost look diabetic if we were to look at this sort of um, after one night of sleep deprivation. Obviously you're not, you don't just become diabetic overnight. But basically what I'm saying is it's that impaired from one uh, night of severe restriction that it would almost look like you were diabetic. That's how much it can just knock it off, okay? It affects your recovery, both mental and physical. It increases your risk of a whole host of diseases from cardiovascular to cancer, to neurological diseases, things like Alzheimer's, your risk of diabetes. And you're literally just more likely to die overall, essentially. Um, I mean, this is, sounds quite doom and gloom, but stick with me. There's basically nothing that almost like, I always remember this one sleep researcher saying, you know, there's almost nothing that you can, if you were to think of a disease that you basically don't want to get, etc., and you typed into Google and you typed in with it sleep restriction, basically there's not many that wouldn't have some kind of connection there or association. It's so important. Um, and I also remember another quote, which I thought really sort of emphasised it quite well, which was, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was from like a sleep researcher who said, if sleep wasn't absolutely essential to health, then it's the biggest mistake that evolution ever made. And I think that was quite cool how it rounded it up because, you know, we've, we've sort of, um, we've evolved to sleep for a third of the day. So it must have some kind of importance, right? Otherwise, what's the point? And as you can tell from above what I've just said, it is pretty important, right? Um, and I think the thing with sleep as well is it's one of the things that we tend to take for granted. And, you know, it's the, one of the first things that we cut in order to do other things. But, I mean, that's a different video for a different time. Anyway, so touched on health. I want to talk about weight loss tonight and how sleep affects weight loss. So a few different reasons how. Firstly, it can bias where you lose weight from, essentially. So... People who are sleep restricted and get less sleep tend to lose more muscle than fat compared to people that sleep a sufficient amount, okay? So basically, we see studies where they'll have two groups of people. One um, group will be sleep restricted, so they won't be able to sleep very much. Other group will sleep just as normal. What you find is the group who don't really sleep that much, they, lo they lose weight, but they lose more from muscle and less from fat. The group that sleep a lot and get enough of their sleep, they lose more from fat and less from muscle, which is obviously pretty important, right? We wanna be losing fat, not muscle. Next is hunger. So sleep restriction increases hunger, okay? It basically increases hunger hormones, decreases satiety hormones, so it just makes us feel hungrier. Um, we have studies where, again, we will see that people who are sleep restricted tend to eat on average about 300 calories more a day Okay, that can add up fast. And what we also see, um, not just this increase in hunger and this decrease in satiety hormones, but also 
We see like an increased responsiveness to food, in particular, calorie dense food. So what this basically means is, we want to eat junk food more than normal, okay? So things like your pizzas, you know, your cake, your ice cream, your chocolate, high sugar, high fat, calorie dense, lots of calories in a small package, tastes amazing. We basically get an increased drive to eat these when we sleep less, which isn't ideal, right? Because I mean, I think most of us struggle anyway. We've tried to stay away from these kinds of foods. But if you add them to this sleep restriction and you're not sleeping a lot, you'll get an increased drive to want these foods. We become more receptive to these food cues when we see them, we smell them, etc. And we also just in general want to eat them more, okay? So not really conducive to weight loss, right? One really interesting thing which I came across recently actually was, uh, I'm gonna try and summarize this and make it not sound stupid, not stupid, but try and make it sound quite good, um, is we tend to have like a shift when we're sleep restricted in our priorities and we tend to prioritize, we tend to become like risk takers. So we see this in people with like a sort of like gambling behaviors, for example, but we can relate this to weight loss as well, where what we tend to find is that we tend to prioritize short-term rewards and immediate gains over long-term perspectives, okay? So we basically be, tend to become less likely to live in accordance with our long-term goals. So we're less likely to go to bed on time, we're less likely to go to the gym, we're less likely to sort of have eating behaviours that align with our long-term goals, um, which I found really interesting. Um, but basically it just gives, it just, it's almost like this switch where we tend to say like, it uses this example where, you know, we have a trade-off, right? We have, we want to eat this food, but we also want to look good. Okay, and these two behaviors are like fighting against each other all the time, right? Short-term reward of how the food makes us feel, long-term reward of how we look good, right? And we live healthily. And what we tend to find is when people are sleep restricted, they tend to be, to gravitate more towards the immediate reward than the perception of the long-term goals, which again, I thought was really interesting. But again, not really conducive to weight loss. And I'm painting this, probably this massively doom and gloom picture, right? It doesn't all sound that great, but there are things that we can do about this, right? I'm not just going to leave you with the doom and gloom. I'm going to give you some strategies to help you with this. Now, I want to preface this by saying I understand there are reasons why people can't sleep all the time and can't get in, you know, because I always do posts about sleep and everyone's like, oh, sleep, you know, I wish, like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you haven't got kids, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I get that, right? I'm not asking you to sleep 12 hours a night. What I'm asking you is to just do better. Everybody can go to bed half an hour early. Like, I, I believe that everybody can do that. Everybody can improve their sleep quality. It's not just about sleep quantity, it's about sleep quality as well. You can be in bed for 10 hours, but if you only get six hours of actual proper sleep, you know, then you're still not getting enough sleep, right? So even if you can't be in bed for that amount of time, can you improve your sleep quality so that the time that you are in bed, you know, you, you could be going, you could be in bed an hour less than someone else, but you could sleep more if you work on your sleep quality, right? You know, everybody, you know, the recommendation is seven to nine. We basically just fall on a spectrum there. You know, some people do better with seven, some people do better with nine, some people fall in the middle. Basically, you just want to be waking up with, preferably without an alarm, feeling refreshed. What is it where you fit in there, okay? But again, 
sleep quality is just as important. And you know, if you can't get the sleep quantity, you can work on your sleep quality. So at least when you're in bed, you are getting that quality sleep. And I've got a few tips for you written down here. I'm just gonna keep looking to make sure I hit them all. The biggest, the most biggest one that will give you the biggest improvement um, and the one that on the flip is actually stopping your sleeping as well is artificial light, okay, blue light. So we are basically biologically programmed to almost like wake up to sunrise, go and to sunset, okay? We, we basically go off sunrise, sunset, okay? We don't fall asleep then, but we go off those signals, okay? What happens is in the modern day is we get all of this artificial light that knocks that system out, okay? So everyone's probably heard of the hormone melatonin, the sleep hormone. Basically, when we're looking at artificial and blue light, it suppresses our melatonin, okay? So things like phones, even over bright overhead lights, laptops, electronic light, all stuff like that stops the release of this melatonin. And what happens is, you know, we go to bed, playing on our phones, watching TV in bed, and we expect just to go like that. Okay, it's time for me to go to sleep. I'm gonna go to sleep. Your body doesn't work like that, okay? What's happened is you've suppressed this melatonin, so it's gonna be harder for you to A, fall asleep, B, stay asleep, and C, actually have restorative sleep, okay? So the biggest thing that we can do is reduce our exposure to artificial light for at least an hour before bed if we can, okay? So no electronics. Can you turn off big, bright overhead lights, just use lamps, etc. Or if you have dimmers, can you turn dimmers down? You can get um, sort of software for your phone and your laptop. Laptop is called Flux, F dot L-U-X, which basically goes off the time that your laptop's on and in the evenings it will dim your screen to like a warmer setting. So again, to reduce this blue light exposure, you can get the same things for your phone. Um, you can also get blue light blocking glasses, which I have. Yes, you look like an idiot. Who cares? You're in your house, right? Who, who cares? And what these do is they block that artificial light. So if you want to lie in bed and you want to watch TV before you go to sleep and you want to be on your phone before you go to sleep, you can wear these, still do that, and you just won't be getting, they'll be blocking the artificial light, which won't suppress the melatonin and it will help you to fall asleep, okay, and stay asleep. So you get the best of both worlds. If, and they're dead cheap. I got them for like 20 quid off Amazon, dead cheap. Um, so that's the biggest one that we can do, okay? Reduce artificial light exposure before bed. Next, things like cool and dark room, okay? Your body temperature, your core body temperature drops at night, so we want a room that reflects that, okay? If it's too warm, won't be able to sleep. So keep your room nice and cool, okay? Dark also just goes into what we've spoke about before, you know, we go off light. We don't want light exposure at night, okay, in the lead up to bed, okay? So keep your room as dark as you can. Um, wear an eye mask, get some blackout blinds. Again, just reducing that light exposure in the run up to bed. Um, next one, noise. Can you get, you know, if you live in a particular noisy area, a city maybe, can you wear earplugs? Use a fan or a white noise machine. You can also get white noise apps on your phone to drown out music, uh, drown out the noise outside. White noise has actually has also been shown to help people fall asleep. Another big one, I think, especially in the modern day um, world, is to wind down. You know, find ways of winding down. We're constantly on the go nowadays. You know, people are stressed more than ever. ever and we expect to, you know, 
be on the go, be on the go, be on the go, and then all of a sudden go, right, okay, I'm falling asleep. I'm gone. You know, you're not a robot, you're not a laptop, you can't just switch yourself off like that. It's not how it works. Take time to wind down, you know, don't have late night meaningful conversations. Find something that helps you to wind down, yoga, stretching, reading, you know, anything. Just find a way to sort of relax before bed and just get into that, you know, and just, yeah, wind down essentially. Don't, you know, let yourself de-stress before bed, okay? If you have loads of thoughts going on in your head, can you just scribble them on a piece of paper? You know, things like that, okay? Next one, try as much as possible to keep a consistent um, wake and sleep time. So try as much as you can every day to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time, okay? Again, it just helps with setting these, what we call like these circadian rhythms, which you've probably heard of. And the more consistent we keep this, um, the better for helping us to A, wind down and, get, and go fall asleep quickly and also to feel more refreshed in the morning. Next one, which also leads into this, is early light exposure. So actually what you do in the morning can help you to sleep better at night, okay? Again, it's all about this night, day-night cycles. So basically, if you can, you want to try and get light exposure for at least 30 minutes before noon, okay? Be that outside, even on a cloudy day, the light exposure outside is more powerful than inside in artificial lighting, okay? So just be outside if you can, even on a cloudy day. If you can't do that, um, you know, especially in the winter, depending on where you live, if you know, you're driving to work in the dark, coming home in the dark, you can get what we call light boxes. Um, and basically, they, it's just like a little light box that you can put on your desk, and it basically just shines a light onto your face. You don't have to look into it, just have it so it shines on your face. Again, if you can, 30 minutes before um, noon. Because what this basically does is, it, in a nutshell, it gets you into day mode, okay? So it gets you right into day mode, so that then, basically what you want between day and night is you want a big, big shift, okay? You want a big drop from, night, uh, from day to night, okay? It's gonna help you to sleep better. If you don't get this light exposure, you never really get into day mode and that drop is less, okay? We want a big drop, okay? So again, we need that early light exposure, preferably before noon. Big one, especially again nowadays, caffeine. Um, caffeine is a big one. Caffeine has a half-life of about six hours and a quarter-life of 12 hours, okay? So... Um, Basically what that means is if you have a cup of coffee at midday, there is still a quarter of that caffeine swilling around your brain at midnight. That's like getting into bed at midnight, having a quarter cup of coffee and saying, right, I'm gonna go to sleep. And now I know people will say, yeah, I can have a coffee and I can fall asleep. Yeah, you probably can, but if we were to measure your brain waves, you wouldn't sleep properly, okay? Same with alcohol, which I'm to try in a moment. But basically, yeah, so you wanna keep caffeine as early in the day as possible, preferably before noon. If you can get it before like 10 a.m., fantastic, even better. But get it as far back in the day as you can, as far away from sleep as possible. Same with alcohol, again, yeah, but I go on a night out and I sleep like a baby. Again, you don't, you think you do, you pass out. You don't sleep, you pass out. Same with sleeping tablets, you pass out. You're unconscious, you're not asleep. There's a difference. Um, and again, if we were to measure your brain waves after drinking alcohol before bed, again, you wouldn't sleep as well, okay? So again, keep alcohol as far away from bedtime as possible. For three hours, 
is ideal if we can, but again, just as far away from sleep as possible. And I think that's it, actually. I came to kind of an abrupt halt there. Um, and I've rambled for a long time there. This is something that, as you can tell, I'm quite passionate about. It's something I've done a lot of research on recently, um, is sleep and its importance to both health and weight loss. Again, I'll, I'll sort of um, go back over that phrase that sleep researcher said, you know, if sleep did not serve an absolute critical process in the body, it is the biggest mistake evolution ever made. You know, we have sort of evolved sleep for a third of the day, okay? It's an important thing for health, for weight loss, and it's one of them things where I think it's easy to cut out. So, you know, we are the only species that does that, that will sacrifice sleep for other things, particularly social occasions, but, you know, also things like work, etc. We're the only species that does that. And I think the biggest problem with this is we get no immediate negative repercussions. You know, if you sleep... If you don't sleep very well one night or you, you have like not much sleep one night, you don't automatically get a disease. You don't automatically become overweight, you know, but that progression over time can have a significant impact. And again, I know there are reasons why we can't always sleep well and why we can't sleep as much, but I think everyone can do better. You know, I think everybody can go to bed half an hour early if they need to. I think everybody can sleep in at the weekends, have a nap in the afternoon, have some extra naps at the weekend to pay back sleep. Because you can do that, you can pay back sleep or pay it forward. Um, it's not as good as sleeping like the same amount each night in one go, but it's better than never paying it back as such. And I think everybody can work on sleep quality. You know, even if you can't get as much quantity as you like, you can work on sleep quality. Everyone can do those steps that I've outlined there. I'm pretty sure everybody can do every single one of those and work on better sleep quality. Because again, it is just so important and so underrated for both health and weight loss. And that, I think, of finally, is all I have to say. All I have to say. 20 minutes. That's the longest one I've done for a while. So I hope you enjoyed that, guys. And I hope you got something from that. If you did get some value from that, please do hit like. Please drop a comment, you know, any thoughts you have, say you enjoyed it, say I'm crap at sleep and I'm going to try better, Try say I'm going to try one of the strategies, etc, whatever. Um, it's always great to hear and it's nice to know that people are taking it on board. Uh, and I just love people interacting on the post because it just gives me motivation to keep doing it. Um, and I think that's it. Again, if you listen to the podcast, please go on to Oppel. Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It just helps the podcast go out to more people. Same with the video on Facebook. Comment on it, share it, like it. Again, it pushes it out to more people, which is just my goal. If you're on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit like on the video, drop a comment. I think that's it. Uh, even if you're not watching this live, um, send me a message or comment on it. I'll still see it. Send me an email, Nathan Bancroft Nutrition at gmail.com any questions you have any queries etc and that's it have a nice weekend and i'll see you next time thank you